I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Ladies, gentlemen, and envies, welcome to Watery Desho. This is our stream of thought, stream of thought, stream of stream. We're on Twitch. Doc, are you still loading? Yep. Is the loading yeah, there was a buffering off? error in my brain. No. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm the Subtle Doctor. Uh, we're here to punch through puzzles and talk about flowers and demons and other things with the Promise Neverland episode eight. Joining me. As usual, uh, there he's below me now instead of to, to my right. <laughs> Re- Such a power move! Oh my god! <laughs> reflecting our ontological, not just our spatial set. No, uh, it's it's our my buddy. It's uh, Manchester's finest, uh, the the bestest headphones out of all of us. It's Shadon. <laughs> You, what you think you can pull back from saying that I'm below you, like doing that power play with the comp of my headphones? You got to bring more than that. Here. But anyway, no. Hello, everyone. Hello. We're going to talk about episode eight today, amongst other things. The best accent out of all. Okay, uh, that that's my final. Um, the best. Uh, the best ketchup drinker. Silent disco. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, the best iron. Uh, what, why are you telling people about that? Honestly. <laughs> To to my right, uh, joining us as usual is the first lady of What Are We Death Show, uh, Star Wars prequel lover, <laughs> Valerie is here. <laughs> Hello, children. <laughs> Goodbye, children. And 
And we have a special treat today, as you all can probably tell by now, to my, um, what is it, southeast uh, on stream. Oh, God. <laughs> is uh, the lovely and wonderful anime blogger, esports reporter. It is Emily Rand. Welcome back, Emily. Woo! Thank you. Our uh, returning guest. We love it when returning champions frequent the pod again. I survived Franks. <laughs> Man, I can't believe Scars we went... and all. Yeah. Jeez. We did the yeah. whole banana fish, and it's been a long time. Needed all... We all needed that time to heal before we came together again. Yeah. Uh, post. This is true. All that. Oh, God. <sighs> but uh, we're going to talk 021145. These episode tiles are so bad. Um, we're going to talk this November, yeah, the November 2nd episode. Um, but before we do that, Shadon, will you give us an update on on the Twitter polls? I mean, we did indeed have Twitter polls. I'm just going to get them now. Uh, so rig them yet? Are they done? Uh, there are 23 hours left actually on these, funnily enough. Get out of the yeah, on vote. Unless you're Vargelia, because Vargelia's just going to script multiple responses back to back. Like last time. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, anyway, so we had two questions last time. The first one is, do you like the Promised Neverland OP? And we had four answers for this. You got choice here. Uh, we had Unconditional Yes, which came in at 59%. We had Yes, but it doesn't fit, 34%. And we had No, because it doesn't fit, 5%. And No, it's bad all around, at 2%. So people generally like it. I'm of the opinion it's good, but it just doesn't quite fit me. Whatever. It does a trick. It works. Um, and then the second one we had was, are Crone's boots cool? And we had 87% saying yes, and 13% saying nope. They got changed nope, this nope. week. They're like rain boots or something. They're shorter and browner and bleh. Like... They weren't steely, so she might she might have way to use those. She needed better gear for the boss fight she got caught in. Gotta go prepared. You gotta go prepared, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, I just typed into chat that our souls after Franks are like the Avenger anime box cover, and that's a fucking deep Excuse cut. Me. I don't know if anyone out there remembers the anime, the 2004 seasonal, was it spring 2004, I think? Avenger? Man, that is that was a really pretty anime at the time that was real bad. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, yes. Franks. I don't Those know what the they're talking about. <laughs> Let's save me. <laughs> it's, oh my it's, lord! It's it's much better uh, that you don't know. Um, it was no. one of the that was back when <laughs> I was choosing. So this is when I was in college and didn't really know up from down as far as like anime creators, let alone like what studios were doing what. So how I picked my anime to download and torrent was like look at the key art. And I looked at the Avenger key art, and I was like, "Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a sexy lady with a little child wandering through a wasteland. This seems kind of interesting." Oh boy! It was bad. That's what I get for being the dumb consumer. Uh, okay. So, I'm gonna try to run through episode eight here. I've got a lot of notes. I'll try to be brief uh, and save a lot of. Oh, the... that's B train. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, there was not like oh. a. Okay, please go on. <laughs> I 
please. I mean, if we don't even talk of like people remember B Train as like just the shitties too, but we don't even talk about this is so bad, like it's just forgettable. Like we talk about the B Train bad anime, but everyone just forgets this one <laughs> because it's it's bad and, for- and forgettable even compared to like Madlax. Uh, okay, so episode, all right, episode eight. Uh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get through this summary. Um, so episode eight. So I I noticed like while well, I actually watched the OP this time, um, and Sister Crone like reaches down to like scoop up all the kids and hug them, and I just I was thinking like, man, an anime where the act of hugging is like creepy. <laughs> And dread inducing. Mm. So weird. Mm. Like, so so does the LP change every time or what? No. No. It's okay. a, it's so Crone is going to be for the entire thing. Maybe they'll we'll find out. We will find out in a couple of days' time. Yeah, maybe yeah. they'll they'll cut her out. Um so at the beginning of the episode we pick up right where we left off last time. Uh Crone is to like she's staring down Isabella. Isabella has come into her room. And made her think she was going to stab her with a letter opener, only to hand mm-hmm. her the fancy note. And the fancy note oh, says, "Yeah, the fancy note says, <laughs> Cronus to be mom of Plant Four, just what she's always wanted." So you think, yeah, she'd be very happy. A but... position suddenly opened up, <laughs> yeah, very exactly. suddenly, yeah. unexpectedly. Hmm. Yeah, there's room for you suddenly. Um, so she's not very happy. She has to leave, like, as soon as possible and go talk to Grandma. Um, And Crone is thinking... Crone is sort of seeing through the facade and says, hey, Isabella just wants to get rid of me. Um, Mm -hmm. So she has this pin, uh, a note, and a box. She picks up... We see her pick up these three items. Then we see her walk outside in the aforementioned drab different boots. Um, and so she goes off to talk to Grandma, gives her the note. Grandma, it turns out, is a lot more like Isabella than Crone, right? She's not a strict rule follower. She is not a process-oriented grandma. She is a results-oriented grandma. She's all about... Process-oriented grandma? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's I mean, a... Mary Poppins has seen better days, you know. <laughs> got, got, got tired of dealing with kids, you know. Fuck them. So, yes, fuck the kids. Um, she's basically like, look, as long as Tifari, I guess, not Tiffany, but t- Tifari <laughs> gets. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just gonna call the big monster named Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. He breakfast at Tiffany's. (laughs) All fucking fits. Oh my god. (laughs) And he, he, him is now. We've we've learned the identity of he, him. It's Tiffany. Um, Oh. So as long as as we've established in the previous episodes, it's Tiffany Obama. Right, yes, Tiffany Obama. Uh, uh, as long yeah. as he gets, like, a plate worthy of his stature, then, like, end of discussion. It doesn't really matter the methods that you use to obtain this goal. Uh, during, or no, after this, we get, like, a quick flashback um, 
we see like what appears to be Isabella on the wall and we see grandma holding her radar. Like she's there calling Isabella down from the wall. Like, and what the scene kind of, I think implies is that grandma knows that Isabella knows, knows like the truth, the house and everything. Um, And grandma was able, as we know in the future uh, to keep the situation under control, keep Isabella from escaping, keep her in the system and all of that. And so she's confident. Oh, my God, that was Isabella? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. So she's now confident, like, that Isabella can do the same thing. Um, and I want to point out that, like, there's this... <laughs> I mean, it's, like, simple stuff. But I loved this juxtaposition of shots uh... where... <laughs> Where the cage yeah. the cage closes oh on Crone and then cut to the kids saying Itatakimas. Yeah. Like, oh I was like, God. I was so clumsy. I found that to be like hilarious. Like <laughs> the sort of the sort of horrible like uh analogy like PETA would make. PETA, very relevant. We'll talk very about oh God. We can talk about PETA later. Oh my god. PETA well, cool <laughs> shot effects. Twenty nineteen. Fita inserting themselves into anime discourse. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh man. So uh then we have like what you know, while Crone is kind of in the midst of fighting for her life, um, we have like Crone flashbacks set to like what could only be described as a ballet recital OST. Um and we have <laughs> we have her childhood, um, we see her learning the truth of the house. She is one of the ones, it would seem, at least the way I read the scene, like she had no idea when when the big reveal was made to her. Like, hey, here's the nature of all this. This is a farm. Do you want to be a mom? It was like, brain broke. Like, she, it, it didn't look like she had any any sort of idea. So we see her then sort of in mom school. That's what I've called it in my notes, mom school. Um, we see her like struggling to kind of work through mom school. We see other kids like kind of beating her out at different tasks. Um, and this is all like, as this is going, I should probably say this for talking points, but I have to say like, as this was going through and playing out, all I could think was like, man, like I wish, I don't know, we didn't have to like have all this kind of crammed into this one couple minute scene Mm -hmm. here. Um, yeah, yep. I have a lot of like opinions about this entire thing. Okay, visually, so just like come back to me later because I don't want to interrupt your uh, synopsis. Okay, okay, definitely we will be talking about this and revisiting this. So, mm-hmm. um, we we then see that Crone has left. So we the note it turns out that she had one of the three items: note box, pen, note was. To give to Grandma about Isabella's treachery, quote unquote, uh, and the pen and the box she left behind in a drawer. Uh, we don't really know whose drawer, but I'm guessing it's one of the kids. I think um, it's Ray's because she was looking around in his in yeah, the previous I thought, episode. I thought it was Ray's. Okay, I have that written yeah, down, but like I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to like. I was like, "Is this a spoiler based on my manga reading?" Like, I, so I didn't want to like. <laughs> Definitely say it's raised or but like that's okay. What I so wrote are we going to find out more about this letter? Because we're not actually shown the letter or anything. 
Um, or like, like what she wrote to Grandma. Ever... Yeah. What? What? Like the? No. 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 The. Like Ray's letter. Oh, the like the box and the pen that he yeah. let, that shows in the drawer. Um. Yes. Yes. Okay. It will be revisited if if my faulty memory happens to be correct. Um. So as as Crone is dying, uh, it's horrible. Uh, we see, or no, we don't see. So we hear her say like she's, she sort of has like inner thoughts directed at the kids, like escape you brats, like destroy this damned world that we're stuck in. Like this this world system is fucked. You need to be the ones to break it, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so rest in peace, Sister Crone. You are, she is no more. She's out of the series. She'll, she'll be half missed, at least from me. Yeah. Half. No more. I mean, than yeah, that. The, the last like couple of episodes were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like she was pretty good in them. Maybe if we had more of that. And yeah. less but, of the, the racist the caricature vote. The yeah. potential will be missed. Mm-hmm. Not the racist caricature. Wow, wow. No. It's not the world's smallest violin, but it isn't exactly large either. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The exactly. world's most medium-sized violin is playing. <laughs> uh, Certified yeah. medium-sized. Certified average. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, uh, we have, like, we kind of cut away from this, and the rest of the episode is about the children's, like, plan of inspecting the top of the wall, the other side of the wall. They just call it the inspection. Right? They want to look beyond... Their confines and see what's what. The rest of the episode is about the plan that they have made and kind of how it plays out. So, uh, the, the next thing I have in my notes is evil frog smile, which is Isabella <laughs> smiling down at, at Ray when her in her way that she does, which reminds me of an anime frog. Um, and as they are, so so Ray has visited her after Crone has departed and said, uh. Let's switch the chemicals now. So this was his kind of planned way to distract mom. And as they're walking up, mom fucking blows everyone's shit up and says, <laughs> I eliminated Crone. And Ray just freezes. Eyes wide. Mm. He's terrified. Like, what? Mm. Like, what is happening? Yeah. If you want to know, by the way, just how smart Isabella is, she said that knowing full well he would run to Crone's room, or what was her room, thinking that, you know, by eliminate, she literally murdered Crone in there. And having lured her into that trap, then corners him there and locks him in. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> Chessmaster. I mean, I, I thought, sorry, sorry. I thought sorry. that was, like, super convenient, because instead of running up and hugging her, he could have just ran out. She'd have collared so... him easily. We'll learn, we will learn later she's pretty, you know, skilled, you know? Yeah. I mean, you see, like, even here, you see kind of Sister Crone in the montage kind of fucking destroy some dudes. Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> in karate. That's right. Yes. In Japanese martial arts. <laughs> but yeah, you can logically infer from that, you know, if Crone was trained in such a way, then Isabella wasn't. Well, um, yeah, we learned that for sure later on. Crone food. You're gonna get like 50 years of fan discourse. Who would win in a straight up karate fight between Crone and Isabella? Please debate anime fans. <laughs> Crone foo anyone? Anybody? Does that work for anyone <laughs> yeah. else? Crone foo? Okay. 
Uh, Please stop. G Crone. D- no, we should stop. Um, yeah, <laughs> we should. So, oh, so I didn't realize that. So Ray got thrown into Crone's room. Is that what you're saying, Shadon? No, he ran. He ran in there because I'm inferring that he thought that when Isabella said I eliminate her, like that she literally killed him in that room. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's why he. Yeah. That's totally. Yeah. Yes. And so she. She. Mm-hmm. She figured he would do that because mm-hmm. he'd want to check for himself and right. called him there and locks him in. Right. So. So. Uh, turns out that uh, not only is the arrangement between Crone and Isabella over. The deal between uh, Isabella and Ray is over. It's it's done. Like she knows it's unfair because Ray's always held up his end of the bargain, except for being a little traitor. Um, and it's unforeseen. She didn't plan on this. She wanted to use him all the way to the end. But circumstances being what they are, he or dismissed little watchdog. Uh, he knowing that, like you know he needs to do his part to hold her up so that the other kids can do their inspection, does the only thing that he can think of and just grabs her to hold her in place for a few more moments. It's it's kind of sad that, because then she just kind of kicks him off and throws him into that room, locking him away uh, until she can deal with the other children. Mm-hmm. Um, and she one of the things she tells him... Uh, you know, because she, she says a lot of things on the other side of the door. She's like, oh, I see Norman and Emma running to the gate. Like, that must be them. And one of the things she says so that he can hear it is that she doesn't care about the chemicals anymore. You'll protect me. Um, so the chemicals are being written off by her as, like, the only reason we were doing this is a distraction. Um, so she's kind of seen through Ray's plan. Um, I, I have a question here in my notes. Like, does Ray have asthma? Because, like, there's, like, a part where he starts, like, breathing really hard for kind of no discernible Cops, yeah. reason. Yeah, like, I, is he having a panic attack or something? I mean, it, you would say, like, it would be, excuse me, entirely reasonable for him to do so. But that hasn't been, like, mentioned or anything. And I thought that was worth noting. Uh, pass. Uh, maybe he was just choking on the bullshit he was being fed. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. Like, you don't really see Ray... I, I don't think he's seen the, this kind of situation very often. Yeah, yeah. It's like it kind of caught him by surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pulled the rug out from underneath him. Yeah. Totally. Um, I hope they revisit it. I haven't gotten like far enough in the manga to know whether or not they do, but and I don't actually remember it happening in the manga. Although, like, it could easily be missed by me or forgotten. Um, so Isabella, like starts her march toward the children. Um, and she's doing it. She's walking past Don and, and Gilda, walking into the forest. Don uh, busts Ray out of his, his room that he is uh, captured in. He's, unlike Ray, or like Ray can't open the door, Don knocks <laughs> it over. Don. Yeah. He's a fucking massive monkey. <laughs> Just huge. <laughs> Just destroys the door. Um, and... So it's like five alarm fire at this point. All hands on deck. Uh, Gilda, Don, I'm not going to call you fucking Bobby this week. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Don, 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 Don. Don, Gilda, and Ray. Uh, like, no, they have to physically restrain mom. So they like breakneck pace running as fast as their little tiny child legs can carry them through the forest. Um, 
then we see Norman and Emma like kind of make it to the wall. Then they hear, they sort of, at first they kind of, I don't know if they just hear it at first or they sense that something is weird. I think that they just sense something in the air is is terrifying and creepy. And then they hear her coming, her her slow footsteps. So they ditch the stash. Once again, Norman's weed stash must be like hidden away. It's the second appearance it's made. Uh, it's they got to keep it from mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, I found it interesting that Emma was surprised and Norman did not seem to be surprised. Maybe he's just better at masking it. Um, and so uh, Hajime Maste, nice to meet you, Norman. And Emma, I'm Isabella. Like, whoa. <laughs> she says, it's been 10 years we've been living together, and now we're going to really talk as real people without acting. I'm yeah, going to talk to I'm, you, the food, as me, the caretaker. I've never seen someone do the... without actually doing it, because that's literally what it was. The mask is off now. Yeah, totally. Um, gosh. And she... Man, this whole talk is fascinating. So... She's saying, like, I love and adore you truly, and that's why I want you to give up. That's why I want you to stop this, like, kind of foolish, doomed quest to achieve something that's impossible. Stop suffering and be happy. I love you, and I just want you to be happy. Um, Very much this, like, end of Persona 3 moment, like the classic, like, truth versus happiness dichotomy. Like, why, why don't you just, like, make the choice of just, like, living out the last days in happiness just fucking don't worry about the truth and uh emma it's like oh happiness what about connie well turns out the death is very instantaneous and painless da, 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 da. we can come back to that because i have questions about that mm. Um, mm. and so then emma like kind of like faced with this choice like steps up and makes like a really what i thought was like inspiring like classic speech like, very much, like, for human freedom. Like, Emma doesn't need any fake smiles. She will decide what happiness is. Like, that's the difference mm-hmm. between livestock and human beings. That, like, human Like beings... I said, fuck you, I will do what you tell me. <laughs> There's the Rage Against the Machine uh, manifesto here. Uh, Emma De La Rocha talks about, like, the difference between humans and livestock, right? Like, humans can reject what they're given, and they can decide. Like, they can choose... Uh, they can choose with sincerity, like what makes them happy. And that's part of like what being human is all about. And then Norman's like, Hey, no more. Put a lid on it. Uh, and I was like, shut the fuck up, Norman. Let her talk. Oh, cool. She's inspiring me. God. Uh, but it, mom, you know, Isabella's like, look, the outside is full of despair. You gotta like, you gotta stop this shit. So Norman says, okay, mom, I'll quit being a good boy. And, Emma runs up and, you know, pulls a ray, I guess, like clutches mom around the waist to hold her in place while Norman uh, makes for the wall to do his inspecting. And then it happens. The moment that, honestly, I've been waiting for for quite a long time to see animated. Which And it sounds yeah. like horrible and gross for me to say that because of what it is. And it's also <laughs> yeah. not very animated. No, no, yeah. but like... This, the full sound made his money. Uh, he got no. his paycheck on that. Okay, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> how many? How many Twix bars do you reckon he snapped into? How many pieces? Ah! Of- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gosh, 
Oh, this scene. So like, no, I really man. like the I moment. Liked how they the... did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually really I mean, liked how they did it. I did too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, obviously, they did it wonderfully. It <laughs> was like, very they... affecting. <laughs> yes, I, I I hear the sound in real life. I'm going like, <gasps> it's like, man. Ah! I feel like Emma's Emma's voice actress, like during this scene. I'm not genuine. I'm not genuinely convinced that they weren't actually doing something untoward to her, like to make that. Like, that was too realistic. It was haunting. Made my blood run cold. It was quite something. It was quite something. So, um, to basically stop Norman in his tracks, uh, Isabella, like we don't really see it, but obviously she judo threw him into the ground from around her waist and uh, broke her leg. At the knee. And Mm -hmm. Emma in immense amount of pain. And like, man, this whole fucking scene, like, it's like, like a, like a vet has to like reset a dog's leg or something. Like, like Mm -hmm. you're doing surgery on an animal, you know, because she's cradling her saying like, shh, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't hurt. It's fine. Poor Emma, my poor Emma. Like, smiling. You know, all while she's, like, done this to, like, another human. Um, mm. And, like, this is, like, one of those scenes where I'm like, mm, PETA? Maybe you have a point? Like, you, because, uh, like, oh, it just, the, uh, the, treat, the human-to-human treatment is, I mean, all I can think of, like, this is such a, the scene is so analogous to, like, human-to-animal treatment. Um at least it's all I could I could think of. Um, I will I will say this. Yeah, I will say this. There's one thing. Oh God, so good, Emily. Oh no, I was just gonna say it reminded me most of um, and I don't know if it's just because I watched it recently, but have any of you seen Sharp Objects? Oh my! Uh, I can't say that. My wife loves uh, it. <laughs> yeah, so like it's it basically deals with um. Oh God, it's Munchausen's by proxy. That's that's kind of what it reminded me of the most, especially the way they like. I don't know. I can go back to, like, I have an entire speech on, like, the visuals on this episode. So Man. Save um, until later. Okay. But yeah, that's that's actually, it didn't remind me of human to animal treatment. It reminded me of, like, this specific, like, power imbalance between an adult and their child and how yeah. mm-hmm. adults can sometimes prey on that uh, kind of unconditional love aspect of it. Because Emma, mm-hmm. like, still... Like, at the end of all of this, Emma still really cares about mom, and she can't, like, turn that off, right? That's been something that the show kind of reiterates throughout it. So that's actually what it reminded me of the most, but I'm not mm. going to say anything else because I don't want to spoil sharp objects for people. I'll just <laughs> say it's good, and go watch it. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to make a comparison as well, and you're going to laugh your ass off when the I tell you this. The stream, by the way, not brought to you by HBO or Sharp Objects. <laughs> but it, but oh, we're, no, open, just... we're open to it. Yes, yeah. HBO, please get in touch. <laughs> Oh, Sharp Object is not an anime? Oh my god, I make too many assumptions. <laughs> okay, continue, so, please. So, Doc, do you recall back in the day when you showed me that clip of Dragon Ball Z where Vegeta's arm gets broken by Android 18? I do. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. ra- random comparison, but roll me on this. Okay. One took away from that, someone who knew jack fuck all about Dragon Ball, was that he actually like, screamed out, not because he had had his arm broken, but because he had been defeated. Oh, he was humiliated. His ego had been broken. Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. Rema, she screams initially when the initial shock of the leg break, and then stops. And then after a little bit more pontificating from mom on the situation of things, that's when she screams again. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't read that as being from the leg break. I thought that was like yeah. a yeah. cry of despair for the yeah. fact that no, she'd totally, been defeated. Totally. And yeah. I really liked that. I was like, wow. That that was that would chill me more than the initial acts, I would say. Yeah. It's a really good Although point. Although what followed was worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really kind of curious as to what they were trying to do at that point. First of all, why do two children in this episode try to stop mom by running up and hugging her? Like, they don't know she's judo trained. No. That doesn't stop anyone. <laughs> You're like a tiny child. She can pick you up and like just okay, bye. And also, like, what exactly were they trying to do? Like, fucking Norman runs for the rope? And then, what? So What's going to happen? Oh, he was going to run up the wall and get the observational data that they that they needed. Oh, oh, okay. By okay. hook or by okay. crook. Um, mm-hmm. Come and see it once it's seen. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I think... Um... Oh, no, go. No, you... Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think the thing with... So it is really dumb that Emma tries to, like, take her out <laughs> for all the reasons you say. But I think we see twice in this episode with... First with Ray and how he tries to outsmart Mom and Mom is just like, no. Nope. Uh, and then secondly with Emma where her... I think... So Ray's weakness is that he thinks he can outsmart everyone and he can't. And mm-hmm. Emma's weakness is that she thinks she's stronger than everyone and she's stronger than all the children. But she also thinks mm. in this situation, does I she, think she thinks that applies to her. Does she um, really think, though? I, I don't think that was I kind think of she thinks she well. can hold, I think she can think that she's good enough to hold her off. In That's a delay. Time, and it's yeah. the only thing she can think of. Like, yeah. I, I think the show is trying to make a parallel between, like, okay, we're going to take all of the strengths that these children think that they have and systemic like systematically break them down so that it shows that at mm-hmm. each step of the way they've been outsmarted and and, yep. and exactly in exactly that like spirits the <laughs> moment emma goes down norman just freezes yeah right yeah. Oh. bingo <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because emma is his kind of emma is his strength yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah the complete plan is a complete tasses at this point and i have a feeling that were it not for crones like intervention leaving that package behind that would be it for them that's it game over because the thing is like norman's as we'll find out shortly norman's ship out date is tomorrow tomorrow like, it, yeah. plans altered emma yeah. if she wants to escape she is now severely injured to the point that she is now as much a liability as any of the younger children are you see her trying to get over that wall with that with that leg break only, only raise the one of the primary three who's like left, you know, without any immediate threat. But he's been defanged essentially. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, now his total is sort of thing that he was most useful, right? As as a source of information. No more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No more. Um, mm-hmm. and this is all very good. Uh, this is a, a good way to look at the like. It's not just like the plan itself that has like imploded, but um, mom. Isabella, it's kind of Mom like you said. Back. You're right. <laughs> She's like exposed all the weaknesses. She's like, look, I, I know how to get to all of you. Yeah. Like, I am please. altering the deal. Pray that I don't <laughs> alter it any further. <laughs> yes, we got that out of the way. Yes. But no, this is the episode where it's like, okay, where has Mom been? What in heck? You know, what's Mom doing? Mom, oh my god, such a dummy. Well, about that—that's what oh, this episode. Is. That's what this oh. episode's about. Fucking, it's—it's it's like okay, 
Uh, I don't think this is a unfamiliar feeling to like people, but you know, sometimes you just kind of try, you try your best and then reality hits you. You try your best and then in your face, you get proof that it's so much not enough that you are just like so in the dark about some things. Mm -hmm. Uh, This episode broke my heart. No. Oh. Yeah. This episode fucking okay. These children were doing so well. I want to see these children succeed. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh fuck! Like something super massive is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I have visual comments on that too. So I'm oh, I'm wow. so almost done. Like basically the last. I mean, like two lines of my notes that like um that Shadon mentioned uh the second scream like it was was such a cool transition, I thought, away from the shot, like, of Emma screaming, and then the kind of zoomed-out shot, like, tilts away and then blurs out. Uh, I thought that was super cool. Um, And we're back to the house, Mom carrying a very limp, very defeated-looking, like, you just Mm -hmm. tell, like, the way her... You can tell. Like, she's just... Her soul is broken. Poor, poor dear. Um... You know, you know even, what chilled me about uh, that? What? You know what chilled me about that? Let What's me ask that? you a question, Doc. Um, I take it you, 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 of course, watching the show. I take it your wife is not there. Correct. So let me ask you a question, right? If you took a single frame of that scene in which mom is walking across carrying Emma, and you showed that completely devoid of context to your wife, what would her reaction be? What would she think was happening? See? Uh, that a loving mother is carrying a dead or injured child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. It's the presented image of someone who apparently cares deeply about, you know, this child. Uh, but we, the audience know better. And that's, and that dichotomy there, that juxtaposition made my blood turn to ice watching it. Yep. Because under other circumstances, this would be, you know, Oh, look at her. She's going to, you know, she's looking after her, you know, gonna, you know, take it back, you know, get some like, you know, nice, Horrid. I don't fucking know, but it. Oh, what, what, what notes when the episode are apart from Norman's, uh, you know, impending oh, shit. Oh man. Well, and it's like I said at the beginning, like in this show, like the hugs are. I mean, we talked about like the kid. These are gestures of trying to stop <laughs> mom. The hug, right, and the crone hug, and and the cradling of mm-hmm. Isabella or uh, by Isabella of Emma. Like all these like loving gestures are. Oh, it's just, it's very unsettling that there's, the feelings behind them are so fucking different. And we can talk about, like, what we think kind of Isabella's feelings are, because um, they're very <laughs> complicated. So, yeah, uh, Norman shipping out date. Uh, you know, Isabella's like, you guys are are good for tomorrow. And Ray's like, tomorrow? Question mark. And she's like, oh, yeah, didn't I tell you? Word from higher ups. We got your shipping date, Norman. In big heavy implication, it's tomorrow. Uh, episode ends. Um, also, Onion Bro made an appearance. He got to look. Scary. Yay! <laughs> Shadon, I know that makes me happy. Was Phil in this episode or last episode? He yes. was. Yeah, yeah, he opens the episode and he, he opens the door. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who first notices Crone is gone. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. He's crazy. He also like when uh, Emma is being carried back. He's kind of looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I must use my magic powers now. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay, that's. I, I, think, <coughs> I think the synopsis is done. So let's move on to talking points to our discussion. Uh, fire away, anyone and everyone. <laughs> Ooh, right. Uh, Kerblam, bam, bam. Bam, 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 bam. Right. So, I'm gonna go. Right, go. Oh, sorry. I'm not, sure, yeah, I'm not sure where you guys want to start. Whew. I um, pick. Anywhere. I have a point. <laughs> like I have a lot of. I have a lot of like opinions on how everything frames. So even if I like don't agree with some of the tutorial choices, I think it was like for a specific purpose, I guess. So have you have you read the manga? Basically my book. Uh so what I've been doing is I've been reading it concurrently. So okay. I'll watch the latest episode and then I will read up to in the manga. Man, how do you stop yourself, Emily? So I watched. I don't know. Like <laughs> the same, the same um, way people stop themselves from reading the manga in general, like the same way I'm stopping myself. Yeah, like I'm doing <laughs> it more as like a point of comparison to mm-hmm. just in terms of because, like, mm-hmm. I really like concern myself with visuals and stuff like that. So I think. Uh, I think, I, like, I don't know where people want to begin, or I can just go on my, like, big thing <laughs> about a lot of the directorial choices. Why don't we do that? Why don't we we'll Let's do, do it. kick yes, back and, absolutely. and you can begin rant right. now? So, yeah. Well, it's not even a rant. It's just, like, uh, one thing that this episode aims to establish from the beginning, just through use of, like, I wouldn't even say it's, like, full Dutch angle, but just, like, slightly tilting the ground. Mm-hmm. So, like, you notice in the first shot with or not the first shot, but one of the first shots of Crone coming through the gate is that the gate is up, but it's like framed above her like a guillotine and the gate itself is making like a light and the ground is shifted. That's actually repeated with Isabella and Ray where it's like slightly at an angle and Isabella's standing in the doorway and the light's coming from the doorway. Uh, And she's, yeah, she's immediately behind him as well. So it's like that's reflected in there and uh, the cuts back and forth between crone in present crone flashbacks and then the kids eating along with the music i think so i know a lot of people are gonna say this scene was a lot more impactful in the manga and i actually agree with that i think Mm. it made you care a lot more about her as a person in the manga whereas this kind of frames it as like a inevitability but also makes it like, I didn't think it was comical, but I did think it was surreal. And I think this entire episode, in terms of breaking down, like, everyone's expectations like, from each of the kids to the viewers, it's like, okay, you expected this. The show has fallen into a pattern where any roadblock they've come across still creates tension, but it's inevitably solved. You always had the expectation, mm. like, it's going to be solved. Yep. Things are going to be okay. This is how they're we're watching them, like, work through it. And this episode goes about visually framing that as like, okay, this is not the case. And also orally, like with the, again, with the kids like eating really rambunctiously and then saying mm-hmm. thank you for the meal with like the time skip as the yeah. time is going by. Mm-hmm. Uh, framing Ray's entire thing with Isabella, like Cronin, uh, grandmother's conversation. And then um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the end with Emma's leg break, first of all, having it like off camera completely is such a good decision yeah yes all you see of like the actual angle which this is gonna get gross but um it's like hyper extended in the very background so you see one shot of it and her leg is like 
this and her mm-hmm. body was just standing over her. Yeah. Your, imagina- your imagination takes over yeah, then, yeah. exactly. And, and that's yeah, exactly, exactly what kind of Norman's point of view also is. He hears the yeah. horrible thing. It's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. yeah. It. I haven't, like, it took me back to when I was watching, I think it was like, um, at, I think it was the Minnesota Vikings versus like Dallas Cowboys or something. And one of their, Henderson, like, breaks his leg. And it's the most, like, gross hyperextension I've ever seen in my entire life. I can still see it when I close my eyes. It's disgusting. And this brought yeah. me back to it. So good job, Promise Neverland. And I hate oh, you. All right. Um, I, have to, I have to cut in here now that you have brought us into the world of sport. Uh, and say that, yeah. like... Is it wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> on, on a... On a yeah, I know. How did how did you ever get? Can I leave now? Can uh, I leave? No, I have no, you may you may not leave. <laughs> you you have to you have to suffer through this. Um, you have to listen to all these gross uh-huh. hyperextended oh injuries. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is not as bad as like the leg or the Vikings game one, but um, is that the time? Is that the time to start playing Spanish Flea in the background as you start listing this off? Carry on. So. In a, a recent, uh, there's an Irish wrestling promotion called Over the Top, and uh, if you are a fan even of like WWE wrestling, you probably know this guy that used to work under the ring name Neville over there, but uh, has <laughs> Neville. I know British man. We'll call him Neville. Uh, fuck WWE, Jesus Christ! But b- before, does he wear like short pants or long pants? He... Is he short bottom or long bottom? <laughs> Uh, no comment. Um, so like before and after though, he was called Pac and Pac was wrestling, uh, at an over the top show in mid February. And he did a pretty innocuous looking move from the top rope, but he landed in the ring on his hand in a weird way. And the first, the first time I was watching this, I was like, okay, this is some fake wrestling shit. They're saying his fingers broken, but then like I rewound and I was like, oh God, it's like. The finger is like, yeah. and dude, ah! dude puts it back into place himself during the match. <laughs> okay, so they, they didn't have to call in his his uh, brother Tupac to replace. I'm turning the stream off now. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Look, you're talking about gross shit. <laughs> I have to I have to cope somehow. Anyway. But no, this uh... is yeah. That's the first thing I thought of is is like this the Pac thing and. Yeah, uh, but also now you've uh, made me think of the Vikings game thing, Emily. So thank you for that. I appreciate. Did you that also very much. see it? It's like one of the yeah. things yep. I've seen. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was a Monday night game too, so it's probably viewed by a lot of people. Um, or Sunday night game, Sunday night. Uh, anyway, not the point. <laughs> I liked that because it it was also in tune with a lot of the episodes. Uh, oral decisions. So again, the the kids eating, um, the music used in Crone's background story, the weird jazzy number that happens as Isabella walks outside Man. and walks past Don and Gilda. I again, thought that was like, ice music. It's like King of Fighters. I, I, <laughs> yeah, like I didn't think they were going for like again. I don't think this is supposed to be comedic, but I think the point is that this entire episode exists outside of. The other episodes like it the entire time it's telling you as it's like breaking everyone down um that it is breaking the pattern 
here. Like everything from this point forward is going to be very different than what came mm -hmm. before it. Yeah. Uh, and then that is ended with the leg break, but also the way that they, um, that entire scene isn't, they like actually skip forward to her coming back to the house and then they return. Uh, so it's not even presented in like true chronological order. Mm. And then there's, there is the scene where it zooms out and shifts and refocuses and then comes back. So yeah, which I um, loved. Yeah. So I mm. think that is, uh, that was the goal of the episode. And I think it achieved that, even though I think in terms of caring about the characters, you definitely get a lot more from the way the manga does it. Um, yeah. they kind of did crone dirty in this like really badly mm -hmm. in terms of making us care about her character which i mm. didn't necessarily appreciate uh but <laughs> i also think that uh one thing that's missing and this isn't like manga it's it's basically manga spoilers up until the episode so uh like until this episode so it's not anything that comes after but another thing that's really missing from this episode is the idea that Isabella is also being controlled herself so like they mm -hmm. kind of touch upon it with grandmother and how she says like I don't <laughs> care because I like I have her under my control anyway so it doesn't matter you get the sense she does feel like a kind of power over Isabella but in the manga they make it expressly clear that like when Crone receives the letter she realizes in her head that this Isabella actually couldn't have done this like she she can't send a missive from central like that's not mm. within her power like i guess she could tell grandmother about it but like in terms of isabella saying like yes i got rid of crone in this episode that's not the manga makes that a lot less clear and i liked mm. that about the manga because i think one of the things that this show even in this episode i guess was really good about doing was showing that everyone in the system loses Right, like everyone, mm. even if you're yeah. a, you're a human at the top of the system, you lose, and mm. that is made I think a little bit more clear with Isabella's character, even though this is kind of her own like internal triumph, right? Mm. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. I play, no, that, that's excellent. Can I ask a question, Emily? Um, mm -hmm. so in uh, since you're reading it concurrently, it's probably hard for you to separate the two experiences in, in some ways, but like. Did you, like, care... Uh, if you were just to read the manga, would you say you, you would care more or less the same about Crone as a character? Um, I mean, I think I would care a bit more about her just because uh, in the manga, she's presented as someone... Like, she's definitely... In this episode, they... And, and in previous episodes, like I've written about this, I think she was always a victim of the system and mm -hmm. both make that clear. But in terms of her as a person, like as a human being, I think the manga does her more of a solid in that mm. regard. Because it, um, because it shows, I think, the choice to use the doll as her internal monologue was not the best no. still even though like it ended up being better like so when when she had it destroyed i was like oh this is like really stupid 
And the fact that they brought it back, I actually like that because I was like, okay, it just wasn't a completely a convenient plot device. And then they tie it into here where it was like her only solace in mm-hmm. mom training, which is obviously something that like forces you to compete against other people. Um, but I think in terms of the manga, it definitely makes that a lot more clear where she was like, I was told to compete. I was told to be the best. And if I was the best, then I would continue to thrive within the parameters of the system. And then this entire episode is basically like, no, actually like that, that's not the case. Like you're just not one of the people that we're going to continue with. So you're dead. Um, and I think the anime while like, again, and I'm, I'm writing a post about this. It'll probably be out like later today or tomorrow, but, um, I think the anime made a lot of specific choices to make this episode incredibly surreal and separate from the rest of the show. And some of them worked and some of them didn't. And one of the things that didn't work, in my opinion, was Crone. Because going back and reading the manga, I was like, wow, okay, there's a lot more stuff about her as a person that I didn't get from the anime. I just... I still got that she was a victim of the system, but mm-hmm. I didn't care about that fact as much. Mm. So, like, maybe, I, um, um, maybe, oh, gosh, I think I'm gonna have to go back and reread those parts because, like, the experience I had with the Crone of the Manga was um, that she was less of a person and more of just sort of like a human obstacle. Um, I don't even remember if we got like the flash. Like, I don't think it presented it in the same way. Did we get flashbacks in the manga before yeah. death? Yeah, you did. God and damn you it, get, my like, memory her, sucks. You get, like, you get her actual commentary on it too, which yeah. is actually okay. what I think we're missing. Because, okay. like in the in the scene it presents here, it presents all the same events as the flashbacks. Okay, but it doesn't have that same running commentary where she was like. I was brought here, I was told to compete, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which has to do yeah. with, like, mm. how the system automatically, like, if, if you are one of these people who's privy to what's actually going on, like, if you are a person who ends up knowing about the true nature of Grace Fieldhouse and the world as much as you can know about it, mm-hmm. because obviously, Crone even says, she's like, I don't know, I was, I was yeah. born yeah. here, and the flashbacks make that clear. Um, I think that anyone who is aware of that, the system then says, okay, we're going to coddle you up until this point, and we're going to distract you by giving you a good life. But if you happen to find out what happens, that's when we're like, okay, you need to compete in order to survive. Otherwise, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought the I anime say... like, tried to like pump. I'm sorry, Shadon. I, I just wanted to no, just go, go quickly on. rejoin. Like, just, yeah, I got to reread those parts because, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I don't want to. I'm not asking that question, Emily, as sort of a like a background way to like defend the anime characterization because I mean there's there's some stuff about it that I like and stuff I don't. We've talked about a lot of this in previous episodes, but um, yeah, like I think some of the choices that they made here were probably to try to like pump life into the character and like make her more of a character and like I've said before, like contrast her with with mom uh, with Isabella, but like. I, yeah, I mean, I think we've all kind of talked about how, like, a lot of these actually didn't really work out in the show's favor. But go ahead, Shadon. Yeah, well, I have to say, like, um, from what I know of the manga, as somebody who isn't actually reading it, it's all in black and white. So, obviously, one of the things that you have to decide on when you're bringing the manga into an anime is what color schemes you use. And some of that's de facto, you know, determined by default. Then you have things like, you know, all the low lighting, the times I've mentioned before about the color grades. 
And Crone's flashback, which I would be fairly confident in saying is not case in the manga, uh, she's framed as being coloured, and I'm not talking about skin, I'm talking literally as in she's not grayscale, versus yeah. everyone else. Everyone and, else who is also kind of not blindfolded, but you don't see their eyes. They're in it's almost yeah. as if she doesn't see them as people. Yeah, they're yeah they're impersonal, so like they're not they're not you know given um, human forms to us. But I thought this missed a trick here because I really thought, like as this is going along, that she was going to gradually fade out to be the same color as the rest of. Them. And the thing is, like you said before about this scene trying to make her seem like more of an individual, um, more you know more of a sympathetic character. But this is going to lead us without talking to a minute. Like, if the intent here was to be that this system damaged her over time and led her to being the fractured person she is now as represented by the dollar's visual shorthand, I I don't know, I don't think that this, I don't think the show did, or the material does a great job of doing that with her specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll get into that uh, right now, if you'll allow me, actually, because I want to talk about it. Okay, so... Here's the thing, right? I read in an article, I think you actually linked in chat before, Doc, um, which was discussing how The Promised Neverland is actually an indictment of incredibly competitive and intense uh, educational and employment systems. Uh, it's not... The Japanese uh, Sky Castle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah. yeah. That's a K-drama, um, by the way. <laughs> um, here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm probably talking out of my arse here. I don't think the material does a good job of exploring this particular aspect, because the only character that the anime, at the very least, to me, goes through this in some detail is with Crone. But you yourself, Emily, said that the uh, manga makes a lot of um, emphasis on the fact that she was forced to compete in order to get through the program to become a mom, uh, which is not translated into the show itself. Yeah. And that was one of the main issues with it. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, is that I, again, I've not been to Japan. I don't, I've don't. i never been. I've never been educated there, unlike, you know, some people on the internet who believe otherwise. Uh, Mr. You know, I come from Shinto <laughs> Prefecture. Whoever the fuck you are. Um, I hadn't thought about that in yeah. a while. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have been to high school, and I will say this, like, high school, at the best of times, in my opinion, unless you go into a private one or a higher class one, is probably quite a toxic environment. Well, the kids in Grace House, like, no one fights amongst each other, really. The only times we've seen that are between Don, uh, Gilda, Ray, and the others because of the knowledge they learn. It's not because of the environment that they're in. So that element is missing from it in which, you know, the environment of competition, you know, like, not the kids are really that jealous or upset that Emma, Ray, and Norman are the ones constantly getting, you know, top scores. And I think they've missed a little bit of a trick there in examining that element as well. And furthermore, Hmm. like, their fate after they leave uh, Grace House is they cease to exist, like they're dead. That's it. And maybe that's like a very blunt and heavy-handed way of the show saying, like, you know, for those who don't become moms, like all oh, the men, for example, um, that they are destined to, you know, die, like to cease to be people. But I, like, in the real world... There's just one, again, we talk... <laughs> there's just one there to open jars, the only man yeah. left alive, and the rest of them just <laughs> yeah. die. But there's, like... The thing is, like, for me, um, once you do go out into the world of work or into higher education beyond where they are now, um, you know, things still are, can be toxic or difficult or, you know, there could be a lot of conflicts. It could be damaging to you. I mean, that's where the concept of Hikomori comes from. I mean, Akritsuko does this, you know. 
Arisuko is about toxic workplace. And if the Promised Neverland is meant to be an indictment of, you know, Japan's, like, incredibly competitive, you know, systems, both in terms of its educational system and what it means when you're in the workplace thereafter, I don't think it gives the material sufficient meat, ironically, uh, to do oh, the do it justice. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Sorry. Dear Sorry. Joke. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, I... I don't know. To me, I feel like that this element of the show feels like it's not for, as thoroughly explored as it could be, or is missing key elements out. Like I say, like the, the, there's no infighting amongst the kids before the actual, you know, revelation. Mm-hmm. Am I? I don't know. I'm just like people said. Like you know, like it's clear that Chrome was like gobbled up by it and, and such. But Chrome's vindictiveness still happened regardless. Like she just capitulated to him. She's just one person. Systems, you know. They harm many people, and yeah, they are harming the kids as we know them. I'm not talking, but that's just you know the specifics of the world here, and not how it's like you know turning against each other, like giving them you know flaws or phobias or anything like that. Like what could happen? Hmm. So that's my feeling on that. Anyway, I don't know. I, I wonder, like maybe, maybe I'll get pushback on this, but um, I think a lot of people that I've seen like writing about the show. Um, present company excluded, uh, will like kind of take for granted that it the show is like an attack on systems, and I just I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, right, if it's that or if the author. That's my feeling, yeah. Well, but I mean, I guess like so. On the one hand, like the death of the author, et cetera, et cetera. The work is in the world. Like it's really easy to like sort of make this comparison and for us to like mine this uh this vein and take things from it um and there's useful and good things you could say about it but i guess like uh, maybe maybe it doesn't matter if it was the author's intent or not but like i guess that's my question like is the author like yes like i want to like talk about a system whether it's like you know the food industry or the japan's educational industry uh, or was author more like, what would be a cool setup for like my YA manga? Like, um, I, I don't even know if it matters very much. Like, but sometimes I just wonder. Mm. If that's I, 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 I agree. I think for me, like if I had one takeaway theme from this show thus far is that, like I've said, it's the Pan's Labyrinth thing. I'm not going to lo- draw on it too much here. You know, real demons on the left, humans on the right. They're just as bad as each other. That kind of thing. I do feel that that element of it is a bit weaker and I don't think that's necessarily even the the anime's fault but more just I don't think it's explored with the kids themselves, our main characters because let's not kid here, Chrome was not a main character she was not the focus of the story Um, and she she certainly isn't no more that's for sure (laughs) well maybe like so going against what I just said (laughs) uh, famously like what you hear at least what what I have absorbed via osmosis about the Japanese educational system uh, is that when you are a very young kid, those are like, those are the halcyon days, right? Those are the best days mm-hmm. when you are, when you're encouraged to be creative and have all this freedom. But then when you move into like high school and higher education, like it's super intense. Maybe that's like, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of analog there. Like the farm mm-hmm. is primary school and mom school when you, that's when you find out the truth about the world. When you're ushered into mom's school, that the world is fucking horrible. 
and it's all about <laughs> competing uh, and killing each other to get. So I don't know. I'm just I rambling. Mean, the ages would line up, right? Yeah. Considering that they're like mm-hmm. you would make that transition in about like junior high in terms of mm. uh, going to like things like supplementary schools and start taking exams. That's like when you uh, set on an exam track in terms of. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take an exam to get into the best junior high. I'm going to take an exam to get into the best high school. And I'm going to take another exam to get into, you know, Tokyo University. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Where you go to meet your true love, Todai. We all know. (laughs) We've all watched Latina. We know the rules. Uh, Oh, I forgot! (laughs) I did too. So now... Shish. Sorry. I could hear the flashback in her voice, just like, oh, oh. no, I tried to scrub that from my mind. Don't make, don't make me walk across that ocean, you git. <laughs> don't make right, me anyway. fucking take a cab driver to your place and then not pay him. I will get an Uber across the Atlantic. <laughs> you fucking watch me. Uh, anyway, so I, I see where you're going from with the exam thing, but the thing is, like, the exams in the show, as I, understand, as I see it personally, they're only just a kind of arbitrary metrics to decide who gets shipped out. They're not a thing that the kids constantly talk about or obsess about or worry about. Uh, they don't even really, as I understand it, like mention what the exams are a means to an end for for the kids. Um, I mean, we know now because they're it's their criteria of selection, but yeah. they don't give them a false pretense. No, they're um, just like, oh, they just say it's like uh, uh, Emma says it, I think, in the first episode where she's just like, yeah, and we have to take these tests. And that's like, it. They they say that well they'll make us smarter or something. Yeah, scanning tins of bean barcode, you know, like what I I don't know what it is, but anyway, that's that's just my feeling. So I don't I think maybe as Doc said though, maybe it's not a question of, you know, thinking that necessarily that's what it was going for in the first place, but rather more that it's just a smaller part of it. Uh the, the more idea that you know that it's not just about the literal consumption of people. Um, you know, the kids specifically, but also how it consumes people like Crone and Isabella, even though she is the villain. Yeah, I mean, it's also that, like, uh, so, again, like, I, I actually don't know if the author set out to do this or not. I just think it's a, it's another thing that you can, it's another window through which you can view uh, the goings on. Uh, but I think that, um, and to the point about the tests, you can look at at it as like, even if you do everything right, you that doesn't guarantee you safe passage, right? Like delays inevitable. Prone, prone by like all accounts, she did everything right, right? Like she scored mm-hmm. high on her tests. She was incredibly strong physically, um, and she like ate mom school as it looked like, other than like the few you know, her initial struggles, like, after that, she's just like, no, like, I'm gonna kick this school's ass, and she did, and then she became a sister, and then she was supposedly on her way to becoming a mom, and in, um, this turn of events, grandmother just basically says, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, in fact, now that you mention that, um, this is something that I don't think was made very clear in the anime, even earlier on. Like, Chrome says she wants to become a mom to live a life of comfort, but is her existing life that bad? Like, what? why is the downside to her current role, whatever it is, as a sister? 
Like, she's I mean, so I don't think I don't think you can stay in one spot. Like, you can't just be like, like if you're if you're a part of the system and you've been taught to continue competing with people, you mm, can't just mm-hmm. like. I feel like uh, it's a lose lose situation for her, right? Because if she's just like, oh, I don't want to become a mom, I'm just gonna coach. They just be like, okay, well, you're out. And yeah, maybe that's like yeah. like they probably would have killed her off sooner. In this, mm. it's like, okay, wow, you bought into the system, you did everything right, and you're still dead through no, wah, wah. through no, like, uh, you know, no fault of your own. Like, you just uh, weren't born. You, <laughs> you weren't born yeah. Isabella. Right? I mean, she did antagonize, like, Isabella, so it's, it's not like she didn't kind of have it coming in this sense. He was kind of being very antagonistic to the system itself, and right. trying to. Well, so. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. No, that's and it, I think. That's, I, I guess, that's all I'd say. Yeah, um, I guess what you could say is look at how kind of easily or, or relatively quickly Crone's demise was put into place and made happen. Yeah. Like this, yeah, totally. It was kind of like... I don't, maybe, like, they were looking for a reason is too harsh, but, like, she was just eminently disposable, and um, there's a person who I follow on Twitter, I don't read their stuff, but I'm, I think I'm gonna have to change that, because I recently read their Promise Neverland uh, review of this episode, I think it's um, at Divinega on Twitter, um, where they talked about, like, kind of that moment that Crone realized that sort of no matter what she did, like, she was fucked. Like, mm-hmm. um, no matter how hard she worked, like, Isabella was always going to be Isabella, and she was always going to be Crone, and just in terms of their mm-hmm. positioning, like, being super impactful for for them, for for uh, him as a black man riding the ball. I thought that was, like, a cool element of the characterization um, that, I, again, like... I. I'm going to have to go back and reread the manga because it just did not come across. No one should ask me to testify at any trial of any kind. Because, like, God, my memory, I'm just going to no, be that's like... that's exactly the reason that you should testify at a trial. I don't think they own a gun. Do you remember them owning a gun? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, someone is, like, nah. outfitted with, like, a like a gun belt across that, like, a yeah. bandolier on something. Like, nope, not but a this gun. Is you on... <laughs> but, Doc, this is you on CCTV. Nah, nah. It ain't me, it ain't me. <laughs> I will say this, I've actually just realised something that, um, I'll only keep this brief, but, um, like, the thing at the end of this episode that's quite clear from what Emma says is, you know, that damn the constant, like, you know, damn your fake happiness, damn your peaceful, you know, end into the long good night. I'm going to be free, I'm going to do what I want. Crone, right, I made the Dark Souls joke before, uh, you know, when she's trying to defend herself against the demon. Well, let's be honest here, she did not have a chance in hell of fighting it off. Not anyway. But even though she didn't have a chance to fight off, doesn't mean she didn't, you know, give up. She tried. It was a token resistance. Futile one, but resistance nonetheless. And there's your parallel later on. Because that's what happens with Emma. Maybe she ultimately knew she couldn't do anything about it, but, you know, figured, I'll do something. I don't want to stand here and just let, you know, let myself be, you know, taken but I'll, you know, give up in front of this vile woman. I mean, that sounds like what next episode's going to be like. Somehow, Mm. they'll find a way to have all the children carry Emma out. (laughs) 
like Phil, <laughs> Phil, and like four other children just carry her over. I can't wait, man. I can't wait for the next I, episodes. They're oh, gonna be so good. I was oh, going to say one thing I did forget to mention when I was talking about the visuals of this episode is that it's um when it wants to separate people or like present people as uh in a superior position of power, et cetera, et cetera, it uses a variety of angles and lighting that we've talked about before. But one thing that's really interesting is that all throughout Emma's leg break outside of the one transition where like everything tilts. Even um, uh, even Isabella's approach to talk to them, it's all framed uh, visually by, like, the forest, and they're on an even playing field. And they stay on kind of the same plane throughout. Mm-hmm. So that was my hint that, like, okay, the kids aren't, like, they're still going to think that they're still going to try to find a way to escape, even though everything seems, like, hopeless right now. It did seem so, telling to me... Sorry, go on. No, you go on. It I did was going to tell- completely point. <laughs> it, it, it did seem telling to me sorry like, actually, I didn't mean to interrupt you it's okay it's okay uh, it did seem telling to me though like there were two ways that like this could have played out after Emma's life was broken which was either mom carries her back as did happen or the other uh, you know the other four carry Emma back somehow they could have probably done that you know you'd have Norman and Ray one, one on each side arms over dragging her along like that but that to me like sold the defeat even more that they didn't even come back with her. Like, well, yeah, they obviously did. Exactly. Oh, will at some point. But no, that was it. Like, she she was caught, caught animal, pretty much. Mm. Well, it's also a show of power from mom, right? Like, yeah. so exactly. if if the kids are going to inform each other, like, say, like Emma's, like, okay, Phil, like, we're escaping. Like, here's what's going on. You need to tell the younger kids, et cetera, et cetera. That's a display of power that, like, oh, at any time, by the way, mom can just, like, come and snap your leg and you're useless. Phil, master of the younger children. I love Phil. (laughs) The leader. (laughs) Phil is so amazing. Phil's going to have a moment. I could feel it in my bones. Um, um, Okay, he hasn't had moments so far. Okay, sure, Shadon. No, 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 no. no, Phil's achievements away from him. Phil is coming for you tonight. He's gonna take your soul. Be ready. Uh, I don't have a soul, so TS. That's great. He'll give you one and then take it away. As you once That's did. As you once did for the vacuous ROM. Grant us eyes. Phil. <laughs> grant us eyes to see. Oh my god. Uh, um. Okay. I've got another question for you all here, and I'm gonna put this up as a poll. So. I said before, like, about when Isabella says, you know, I love you as though you're all my own children, and I was like, bullshit. (laughs) Absolute bullshit. Here's the thing, though, right? It's not the fact that she says that in itself that's the thing that, like, is so off-putting and, like, you know, unsettling for us as the audience members. It's more the fact that I think that she genuinely believes in is just twisted into thinking that's the way in which one can express their love to them. Like, I was going to make a point it, similar to that. Um, lead, lead in, then go, go. Okay, so before, like in the previous episodes, episode six, which was directly before episode eight, as everyone knows, yeah. episode seven just what didn't happen. <laughs> uh, we we discussed about kind of how special, uh, kind of this farm is. Like, oh, maybe you know uh, Isabella's way of doing things is just. Um, kind of making these children happy, kind of increasing productivity, something, something. And also we were asking whether the toys were like trophies. So I'm wondering since like Isabella kind of came out of the same system, 
came out of being an orphan, kind of being in mom school, being that stuff like that. Maybe that kind of are all of these things real? Like it, she's saying, "Oh, I love you as children. I love you, whatever, whatever." So is that? I'm, I'm wondering, like, a is that kind of what she? All right, a an intimidation tactic, and also kind of like something uh, the grandma did to her. So she's kind of parroting the same thing. Or did she kind of come out of the system, kind of heartbroken, kind of empty, and mm -hmm. she does this whole thing? Um, to kind of treat these children until their end days with as much kind of happiness as they can have in their life? Or like, is this kind of her own way of like, she was kind of just completely destroyed in mom school and by the revelation that she like, okay, I'm going to fix, or I, I can't fix this system. I'm going to like try and make things better for these children. Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, because indeed, as we saw with Crone, she went through mom's school and ended up broken in a very different way. I mean, yeah, your mileage is going to vary on how you feel about the doll as an anime-only edition. Like, again, as visual shorthand for her psyche. Um, I actually do like it, but I will also fully get behind people, you know, saying I'm not into that because I think it's too on the nose. Um, but as I speculated before, like, I think that both Isabella and Crone are broken. I think that they're just broken in different ways in that Crone exactly. is a very extroverted kind of, you know, broken person. Whereas Isabella, like, all of her scars and cracks are underneath the surface. I will say, if, if Isabella was to die to Nancy, whatever the monster's name is. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> I really, I really, I have to say, I really, I really hope all... I really hope all of the monsters and all the demons just have the plainest fucking names. And I hope they have the plainest after-work conversations like, Hey, Bob, how was your day at work? Oh, it's great. I just sent off these three kids off to the shopping block. Got myself... Hey, you know, Bruce. What's up, Bruce? <laughs> do, do you want a game of bridge afterwards? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, like, okay, if Isabella died to Stacy, would she have said the same things? Would she have been screw this cursed system or not? I'm going to say yes, if only because we saw that she tried to escape before. In this okay. Mm -hmm. I, I will say she, like, where she is right now, I, I feel like she wouldn't even go there. Like, I feel like she has kind of accepted the system a lot mm. more than Crone. And, like, she wouldn't She's completely, like Shadon said, she's broken in a completely different way. I feel like she wouldn't even so have gone there. she's just, like, completely assimilated? She'd just be like, mm -hmm. okay. I, I would say so, food. but still has some kind of, um, like, sympathy for the children and wants them to be better. Wants them yeah. to, wants their suffering to not be, like, prolonged. If you can't beat him, join him. I, here's what would be telling, is if we ever got to see what Plant 4 looked like. And it was run really differently. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have a guarantee. Mm -hmm. Like, what, like, maybe, you know, as you pointed out, Valerie, like, maybe this is kind of her way of doing everything she can, like, to help the kids. Like, and she just goes above and beyond what anyone else does. And that's why the plant is the most successful one because, yeah, because she uh, maybe unlike even the other moms, like she actually loves the kids in her own way. And like, um, 
another Emily, go go atomic robot in chat said like how would she even know what love was like and like no what an, no sorry I stopped myself <laughs> um so like yeah I mean I guess whatever she knows of love like whatever whatever grandma showed her when she was um when she was still like a product or or a or a, a, a livestock or whatever. Like whatever the maximum of that, I guess, would be. Well, I don't know. Do you think? Well, so I'll ask. Like, do we think like mom is capable of actually loving the kids? Not regardless of whether or not she does. Do we think like she's even capable? Like, has that capacity? Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. Probably. I, I, have, I have a thought on that. So you know, like how you get the the two kinds of groups of people where you have people. Bear with me on this comparison, but you know, like how you get people who are outright racist and will not, you know, hide the fact they're racist, and you got the guys on the other side who go, I'm not a racist, but... So here's the thing, but. right? <laughs> but, yeah, but... Yeah, our favorite right. people. Here's the thing, right? I don't think how Isabella acts towards the kids, beyond the superficial, very mechanical nature of, like, providing them with food and whatnot, is genuine love as we understand it. Um, in the same way as, like, you know, I'm not a racist, but it's... I think it's a question of her belief. She believes that she loves the children and cares for them genuinely. Right. It's a will. It's a worldview that's been codified, possibly in response to the trauma she's gone through at mom's school. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you know, just as her way of coping with what's going on, that she has to remain detached from these children. Like I can't get genuinely attached to any of them because next thing I know, they're going to be off to the chopping block. Um. So I think it's not a question of whether, like, I I would agree that she loves them. I'd say she certainly believes she does, but it's not the love that we, as we as regular people would understand and appreciate. But in the same, in her head, that doesn't matter. It's belief that matters. Yeah, I mean... Well, the, oh, sorry, the go, thing ahead. I think is, go ahead. Yeah, the thing I think is really interesting is that um, since we did see in the flashback that she tried to escape and it was presumably Grandma who was a mom at the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm going kind with. Of, kind of stopped her. Uh I think that it's an analogous, like, they're trying to create an analog between her and her treatment of Emma. And right. we have Emma's perspective from the child's perspective, right? Where she genuinely did love mom. She mm-hmm. genuinely thought that mom loved her. And those feelings, as I alluded to previously, are, like, really difficult to erase, right? Like, even... Mm-hmm even though she knows the truth that she still, we see her struggle uh, with trying to wrap her head around the fact that all of it was untrue. Right. And mm-hmm. also we see her try to struggle around her own feelings about it. And the question is, does the revelation like invalidate her own feelings? And I think the answer that the show sides like, like it kind of leaves that decision up to her, but I think uh, we're building up to a point where likely Ma- Mom Isabella is going to approach uh, Emma and ask her if she wants to become a mom. Like basically, be like, now that you know all of this, like you know, do you want to continue in the system? Like now that I've broken everything and you know nothing nothing that you thought was going to go right did like now that you're trapped how about buying into the system and i feel like she underwent 
a similar conversation likely with grandmother who basically mm. was like, Hey, I see you on that wall. Like you're going to come down. And obviously this is a lot of like presumption, but I think mm-hmm. the way that they've presented them visually one oh, yeah. coming from a top down situation with Isabella and one coming from like the child's perspective with Emma, <clears throat> I think that's headed for some sort of clash and whatever Emma says there will be really telling in terms of what the show sides of, on i think it's gonna side with emma being like no fuck you but um mm-hmm. i don't know that for a fact that's just kind of what i i assume the show will do i have so to say will it, will it even on. get to that i am wondering because you know obviously they're shipping norman and ray out mm-hmm. like separately from emma for some kind of reason like that but will it even get to that like they're I don't think, like, this is the time where Norman dies, obviously. So, like, they're obviously going to come up with something. The package. Yeah. Ray will find the package, and that'll set things in motion. Don't say that. Um, the package. Uh, don't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, boy. So, this whole topic, I don't know, has got me thinking about, like, more abstract things uh, that are informing the show. Uh, or, I don't know, maybe they're not, but, like, this whole thing, uh, does, does mom really love Emma? Does mom really love Ray and Norman? Like, uh, this is really interesting to me that, like, here, we have, like, kind of human love encountering, or not even encountering, like, crashing against, like, pressed up against, like, these oppressive systems. And you have, like, the systems basically like smushing out or chopping off like parts of of the love and like or or the kind of definition of what love looks like and what we're left with when we look at it we're like that doesn't look like love like based on kind of how we know it because like when she said when when isabella said i love you like you might not think it but i adore you i love you like i would love my own children and the way I understand loving my own children is that, like, giving them, like, the freedom to kind of shape their life is, like, a huge part of that love. Like, it's a super-duper scary part of the way I love them, like, letting them make mistakes and, like, choose their kind of self-direction and their, their path. Like, but it is, because I love them, like, I don't, that's not a thing I feel like I, I can take from them. And, and still, like, love them and be a good dad to them. and But, like, but you have Isabella that clearly believes that. So, mm. I guess, like, do we, I mean, it's like, is that the only, is that, is, is that, what am I trying to say? Like, is this what's left over of love for her? Or does she really not, like, love them, like, like, I mean, people kind of are meant to love each other or parents are meant to love kids? Sorry, go ahead, Emma. I... Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, so I'm not a parent, but um, I had incredibly strict parents who were very focused on making sure that I was doing the best at whatever I was doing. So if I was going to do something, I was going to be the best at it. And that has carried on into my adult life in terms of how I approach literally everything. I'm not going to decide on whether that's a good or bad thing or go into like a Mm. personal history because I, uh, at the end of the day, love my parents and we've had several 
lengthy conversations about this between the two of us or between three of us, but mainly between me and my mother. Um, but I think that the way you approach parenting is a lot different than the way other people approach parenting. So if you're bringing that in as your like perspective, just remember that that's your perspective in terms of how you treat your kids and other people, uh, like they might see it completely differently. They might see it as like, this is what I know is best for you. Therefore, this is what you are going to do as a kid. Mm, right, right. I have to wonder, um, one of the ways in which one might learn how to parent, though, is indeed from your own parents. Yeah. Speculation time here. What do you reckon that when uh, Isabella came down from that wall, the grandma broke her leg? <laughs> I wonder. No. I wonder. Mm. Um, I get I get the feeling that maybe some of Isabella's uh, parenting techniques or the way in which she approaches her role may very well have been things that she learned from observation from grandma. And as we learn from grandma, yeah. she's a creepy yeah. old bitch who just takes pleasure out of watching people <laughs> get murdered by demons. So obviously Isabella's got problems. and is obviously So Isab- Isabella was kind of persuaded. So she was probably like kind of more scared, kind of more observant, kind of... I, so I can, I can totally see like her taking a lot of like grandma's uh, kind mm. of traits. That's also probably why grandma like trusts her as much as she does. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she feels like... I mean, the, she... I, I think it's a little bit more clear in the manga in terms of how like trapped Isabella is as well. Whereas in the anime, it's only been reinforced through like visual framing and mm. this one sentence that we have from grandma in the latest episode. But um, I think that uh, grandma is like a hundred, just like Isabella is like a hundred percent that she can outthink the kids. Uh, grandma is a hundred percent in that she can let Isabella do whatever she wants at the plant because Isabella's not going to betray her, even if it means, like, not necessarily following the rules as Crone tries to bring up. And she's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, I don't care. It's like you um, said in your article. I'm oh, sorry, go on. Oh, uh, well, no, you go ahead because I want to... I was going to hop back to something earlier, so you go ahead if... Well, it's like, it's like you said in your article, um, Emily, on um, the show where you brought up 1984. Um, where complicity is best handled through, you know, keeping people happy. You know, if the, you know, if the, if the herds consent, you know, if they're not doing much, if the proles, you know, are having a good time, going out game pissed every weekend, they don't care what the pie is up to. They don't care that the other people are getting stomped on perpetually by a boot. Thank you all well for that awful image. Um, so, no, it makes perfect sense as well, similarly, to keep people happy and content within their confines. You don't need to break out if you don't feel caged in, after all. Yeah, that's a, a super effective way of that they have shown in the manga doing um uh so i just really quickly emily Mm. i apologize by the way i did not mean to insinuate anything about about your parents uh being bad parents whatsoever my my point was more like you have uh this specific right no 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 that's like completely different sure yeah totally and well i that just wanted to like more of what you see in the show by the way my parents are not terrible people <laughs> no, no, not, no 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 like, no no i don't think that they are grandmother so i didn't try to <laughs> i'm not trying to make that comparison no. either i'm sorry mom and dad <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i don't think you're saying that and i hope that you or nor other people that that had different um like parents who thought differently about it don't think that I am like no, no, sort of disrespecting so. that um at all and I think like I actually do think it's important to draw a distinction between parents like that like parents who believe um that they are like doing what's best for the kids and that like they are um 
I don't know. There's a difference between that, like, I don't know, let's say it was a, like, religious sort of bent to it that, like, that they are saying, like, hey, kids, like, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, because this is what God teaches us. Um, drawing on a little bit of personal experience here, because I also had much stricter parents than I am as a parent. <laughs> um, like, this is what God wants, and this is what God doesn't want, so, like, this is what'll make you happy, this is what you should do, and good. Like, I feel like there's shades of difference between that sort of thing and that kind of parenting and what Isabella's doing because Isabella doesn't think like she's trying to bring, I mean, she thinks she's trying to bring them maximum happiness, but like it's in light of this like giant anvil that's about to drop on them. Right. It's not like Mm -hmm. the whole rest of your life is going to be good. And this is how you should be as a human being or whatever. It's like, I want like you guys to have the most feel good because no matter what, like you're dead. Um, Mm -hmm. There's like the, the oppressive system enters into it and that's that's i don't know that's like brings a different element to it i think for me for me i see how this is gonna play out it's gonna end up being like the ending smell gear solid free it's gonna be 20 years in the future emma and isabella fighting in a field you know full of white lilies like <laughs> oh, i've been waiting since the day of your birth emma waiting for your dream. it's going that way it's happening emma's gonna have a fucking eye patch on i call it now <laughs> Seriously, then, the mood I got when she pulled the CQC shit on it. Yeah, and then Ray comes out as a cyborg ninja and is like, "Hey, Crone lives in my arm." In case you didn't know. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> God. oh fuck. Okay. Metal Gear. Oh dear. Dear oh dear. All right. Um, there's one final thing I want to bring up just as a point of discussion here. <clears throat> so I've speculated before that I don't actually think that the demons are necessarily harvesting human flesh, or if they are, that's not the primary goal. And I think there's a little bit of evidence in this about it. Uh, which is to say that when we see actually see, you know, the flower thing that kills Crone, like, you know, it's, we get a little bit more info on that following what happens to Connie. But the eating uh, metaphor that plays her out this way, the juxtaposition of, you know, Crone's death versus the kids eating, she isn't actually eaten, though. Her body goes grey and lifeless. Um, but that's it. So I'm curious here, like, do you do we believe that it's, you know, necessarily that they're devouring the, you know, people's flesh? Or is it possibly soul, knowledge, something else? I don't know. Because, hmm. you... well, the thing is, right, let's talk about Peter for a second. Let's talk about those morons. <laughs> yeah, so Peter yeah. decided... We to did speak... say we were going to talk about them. Yeah, P- Peter decides, you know what, like, we... I've watched this show for approximately five minutes, and we're going to use it to push our agenda. Congratulations. Uh, Not realizing that the show is actually wholly insufficient for their agenda of, you know, being against uh, farming, you know, mass-producing animals, you know, in farms. Because the kids are, to use an analogy, kind of too free-range for it to have that much effects. Just saying, Pierre, you could have have picked a better show than this one. Sorry. But my point is this, right? (laughs) And this show I'm... about the livestock being loved and cared for and nurtured <laughs> beyond all reason. <laughs> like... Yeah, <laughs> um... yeah, they could have they could have done better than that. But like I said, I get the impression they watched maybe no, no, they didn't even watch it. They read the Wikipedia they read the... page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So we are hip. We are with the children. Can I? Can I Let's play stab um... against the haters? <laughs> can I play like? pro-PETA devil's advocate? 
for a that's second. A, here, Siobhan. Why would that's you hint, want to? That's a hill to die on, but <laughs> just for fun. Carry just, on, my brave soul. Just to like take out to, to extend your thought process to its logical end here, I guess, um, or, or play it out even a little bit. Like, what if the point is not like farms are cool if they love and take care of the animals before they kill them and we eat them. What if it's just like, Hey, one species is like being Lord and master over this other. And no matter how much love there is because of that sort of inherent superiority, inferiority, you have some cruelty and that shouldn't be, they should just be free and not eaten. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. Eating meat is inherent. Eating meat is inherently an ethical hypocrisy. There's no way around it. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going out... I mean, even if I went out and killed the animal myself with a fucking spear, that's still, you know, it's not right. It's something that I have to live with. And that's it. Um, but for me, like, I think the analogy in terms of how it works in the show, like, I don't think that, A, it's really... As much as people say, like, you know, it's an analogy for the education system, I don't think so. And in and at a similar level, I don't think it's an analogy for, you know, farming, cattle farming, battery farming, you name it. I don't think they lays that thick enough on there because the kids, you know, they're, they're only in so few number here. Like, they're not being, it's not mass, they're not mass produced, you know, they're not being cloned or anything. I think, it, I think the idea that this show is trying to get across that seems to be lost perhaps between, you know, Peter on the one hand and the educational people on the other is... Can empathy and kindness and actual, you know, family instincts, be it through found family, be it through actual family or whatever, survive in a world which that is crushed out or otherwise devalued or even made cynical, like in the way it is with Isabella? Because it's is a cynical way for us to say, I love I love you as my own children. Oh, by the way, Norman, uh, you're going down to the uh, abattoir tomorrow, you get a little flower plops into you, it's going to suck out your soul. Happy birthday! <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's the key message behind the show, which is, and that's why Emma's positioned as the protagonist above the other two, because that's her viewpoint. That's her, like, personality. Mm -hmm. She is the true bomb of the show above all others that we've seen thus far. So, for me, like, Peter, like, I, guys, like, I get it. You, you, you're like those people who say, oh, what, you, you know, you, you might like Berserk that has, has rape in it, and you like that, but you don't like other shows that have rape in it. You're a hypocrite, and like, you need to go a little deeper than that. You need to look a little deeper so, than that. You've been scarred by those people. That's sort of I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like if people want to, if people want to, you know, bring those God. arguments to, you know, a discussion, then it's like bringing blanks to a gunfight. You make a lot of noise, but you don't really do anything. You can try harder. Um, try I want to go on. I do want to go on record. I realized I didn't actually give my position earlier when we were talking about Isabella. Uh. I just from where I sit, like she really, she genuinely does love the kids, um, in her own way. Yeah, I just think like a lot of you know, as a thirty-something, as an adult, like you can like sort of see how unjust the system is, and over time, just kind of get tired and feel like I can't fight back. There's nothing I can do. Like, mm -hmm. I can't fucking change it. It's too big. It's too strong. And, like, I think that might be where she is. It's like, mm. she sees it as unjust. She clearly wanted to escape it, knowing the truth. Mm. Um, 
but she just doesn't feel like she can change anything. And maybe she was by herself. Maybe her companions were sold off or whatever. Um, shipped out is the right word. Um, but like, yeah, I think she well, sees it as a bad system, obviously. And I guess she thinks the most I can do is like love these kids with all my heart and soul while they're here and do everything to like ensure they're happy. And also, I guess, be the best mom and rise up the ranks. There, I mean, she, I don't know. There is also that part yeah, of her that's like competitive, yeah. you know, that yeah. wants to, to like have the best plate for Tiffany. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like I said previously, I speculate on Crone, like, you know, that maybe, or Isabella even like, you know, first kid that they sent off as a mom after being freshly minted, they probably broke their art. Second one, similarly. But then you can see it just gradually erode from there on out to the point where we are now, where it's just another signature on a piece of paper. I I think the I love the children perspective is completely, like, is not compatible with the, oh, I want to be a better mom. I'm going to enlist a traitor. I'm going to, like, be kind of, like, mean to these children. Okay. Play these mind games and also taunt them. I'm going to send this guy out early. Mm-hmm. Fair? It's Fair like, well, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do we, oh, no, I was just going to bring up, because actually now I'm curious to see what you guys think. I wasn't under the impression that she was in charge of sending out Norman early. She, because, like, I, I don't think when, she was. Okay, yeah. I just Hell wanted it. to make sure we were all on the same page, because, like, I think she, when she tells Ray that, like, the situation has changed, I assumed that after after she reveals that Norman is leaving at the end of everything, I assumed that that was what had changed about the situation. And she was mm-hmm. just like, okay, now I'm just going to oversee this myself to make sure that Norman gets out. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I should know this, but I don't remember. So I don't know. I, I was still I, don't. Saying, like, I was just her... making an assumption. So okay. I just wanted to see if it we might be, all it might be. Yeah, if we all thought that or not. I, I mm. would still say like her attitude towards it and like her kind of trying to intimidate the children. Like, mm. oh guess who's leaving tomorrow to get destroyed by Stacy. <laughs> like Nancy. That's not that's not like, oh, you love your children. Oh like I, I think there's something more going there. I don't know. If, dis- if you have to discipline your children, it can suck. You can do, th- you can do shitty, angry things like that. Uh, just, Doc, but, uh, the actual parent amongst us, please don't take yeah. tips from this show. <laughs> Jesus. Please do not send I'm your children you to out he tomorrow. slash him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sending you to he slash him. Yeah. Um, oh, right, to, to Tiffany. Uh um well do you remember Shadon last episode when uh Isabella goes says it's time and you were like what is she talking about like this could be one of the things right like it's time mm-hmm. like to get the ball rolling and set my plan in motion I've let all these other people have their little plans and run around now let's get Crone out of the way let's get Norman shipped off let's get all this like happening to inch you know i've I've allowed them to run free for too long i'm gonna rein them in a little bit mm-hmm. fair enough no that's that's a fair point 
So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to see what happens next. Like, because, I mean, they've got the package there, but Bray's got to find it. They've yeah. got to do something pretty damn quick, damn skippy before, you know, Norman gets, you know, turned into luncheon meat. Um, and Emma's going to be hey. a burden on everyone because of her broken leg. Mom basically did let them finish the recon that they were going to do. It's like, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. You're fucking going. So mm-hmm. maybe they'll come up with something neat. Depends what's in the package. It's gonna be it's gonna be real good, y'all. It's what's in the box? So what's good? in the box? Get out what's of here. in the box? <laughs> uh, this is uh, apropos of nothing, but before we finish the the discussy bit, I just wanted to say that Isabella slowly marching towards Gilda and Don like was probably like one of the top scariest things in the show so far. Oh my god! Like, it was such a good See, scene. I didn't think it was. <laughs> I thought it was a good scene, but I thought it was like really weird. Again, when just she... because of the music choice and the whole like, there's one point where right. she walks by and it purposefully does that thing where it shows like frame by frame by frame her outline uh-huh. moving. Was that King and... Crimson? Yeah. Like, I was just like, <laughs> okay, this is like, again, supposed to be very like, the entire episode just seemed very otherworldly and like mm-hmm. dreamlike to me because of some of the camera angle switches like looking sideways on i thought they were cool i really like i dug that of like all the things you pointed out like and if watch that if you watch the scene again like there definitely is a point where the music kind of turns it on where the tension is dispelled a little bit but at the beginning of it before it's gone full kof like and she's walking toward them like (laughs) And it's like Isabella, Don and Gilda, Isabella, Don and Gilda, and the the sounds of her walking through the house, like that specific bit of it before she again turns in front of them again and starts the breakdown, the like that part of it in particular, I really, really liked. I thought it was pretty chilling. Um, Oh, oh, before I forget, I, I have to say props to the show opening after the OP on just Isabella's face for a solid two seconds. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, in case Evil you frog. forgot, shit be going down. Oh, in case God. you forgot, this is about me now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm gonna show you what's what. Wrestling intro. <laughs> oh, sweet, I don't watch wrestling. Lord. Wrestling's horrible. I don't know how this works. To watch as a kid, you're you're very fired, Valerie. I'm making a note of it now, Valerie. Okay, fired, fired. Yep. Oh fuck! Done. It's official now. It's mm-hmm. on paper. Yep. You're, getting, you're, you're getting ships out. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I guess does anyone have any further points nah, they want to talk about? Okay, well, um, well, let's uh, rate the episode then. Um, I know Valerie never likes to go first, so we'll have our a uh, wonderful mm. guest go first, Emily. What did you? What? How would you rate this one out of five? <laughs> I will not torture Val this time. I will torture a new guest. Hello, new oh, guest. No. Hospitality. But I had a really good one for Darling and the Franks, and I don't have a really good one for this one. I'll say I will rate it four Dutch angles out of five. <laughs> Very good. Shady. Right, yeah. Um, well, yeah, like, this was a 
this was a great episode for like delivering on all the build-up, like you know, the characters yes. now at the lowest point. I'm I'm really interested in like I'm super motivated to see what they do to get themselves out of the situation because all the deck is stacked against them. Uh great direction as always, like what the show's got great direction, just like how water is wet. But it doesn't mean you don't point it out. Uh, so for me, in the end, I'm going to give a similar rating as uh, Emily. I'm going to give uh, four out of five suspicious pens. <laughs> that pen, that pen gets too much focus for it not to be something yeah, like a James I have Bond no gadget. Idea what the pen is. It's, it's very like intricately drawn, <laughs> like the detail. You, yeah, it has you a feel like she pulled it out. She pulled it out and like, okay, this is her secret fucking radio to grandma or something. Yeah, yeah. you know what the surface I'm of that pen feels like. Send Morse code by just clicking the pen. It's gonna be like a Sean Connery James Bond thing. Like one time he gets a cigarette, just dabs on his hand, and then it just goes bang. And that's how they're gonna offer Isabella in a similar way. Somebody's up with that pen. I'm just saying. You know it. Okay, Val. You are up. <laughs> this is my rating of the show. It's your turn. Okay, so just uh, okay, all right. Yes. Beautiful. Sorry, Wonderful. I'm really stressed by okay. this episode. <laughs> okay, I get you. I'm feeling that. That's a that's a that's a good uh, thing, though. Like, not that you're stressed, but just yes, that no, it shows it had stress. It's oh, a good. It's, good. it's a good thing. Thank I want to die. Yes, that you are so freaked out about this episode. <laughs> uh, I dodged that bullet there. Oh, save yourself. Oh, uh. uh I think, as usual, I am, like, the generous greater among us because uh, I went the full five. Uh, five Ooh. more, like, dull boots out of five because... Two and like, a half pairs. And a lot... I think some of it is actually informed. As much as I talk about, like, not remembering details of the manga, like, there's a lot of the, like, kind of higher points of this episode that I definitely remember. And, like, I think, yeah, like Shadon mentioned, so much happened. I mean, I have, like, double the notes that I usually have because, I mean, things are just moving so quickly, and it's revelation, like, one after another, and uh, really, like, you got great speeches, you have scary moments, you got good music, you have character death, great flashbacks. I mean, this episode, like, has so much stuff, and um, while, like, some of it may not have like necessarily landed in the ways I would exactly love it to. Like, I was totally entertained all the way through. Loved every minute of it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go the full five, and I love like, you know, I think it was Emily who, in in your initial um, talking point, were talking about like this is the first time that they've jumped over a hurdle and like fell down. Like, they totally hit a wall, and I just remember it like, man, like, it's not like before where you wouldn't even say that they hit a wall. They just come up against kind of a new puzzle, and they're able to puzzle it out. Like, they get knocked on their ass. Like, they really get fucking punched in the mouth, and, like, I mean, it was just beautifully done, and the way that the subsequent chapters of the manga have them uh, kind of react to it is also fantastic. So, yeah, I'm going full marks on this one. Loved it two pieces. Shadon, uh, tell us about Twitter. Uh, Twitter is a social media platform that has uh, been known stop, for... Stop it now. No, 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 no. Enough. <laughs> Let's revisit the polls from episode eight. 
November Indeed. the 2nd. Okay. Okay, so two polls. The first one I put out there was, does the promised Neverland do justice to being a scathing indictment of the Japanese educational system or the workplace? Bit of a mouthful, but hey, there we go. Uh, currently, uh, 87% say no, it doesn't do it justice. I didn't think that like that would be that, like, I mean, we've not had many votes yet, merely, but I didn't think it would swing that high in that direction so quickly. But wow. Hey, there we go. There we go. Uh, second question. Uh, does Isabella genuinely, if in a twisted way, love Emma, Norman and Ray as she would her own children? Or is it all a complete lie? And we currently have a 60-40 split in favor of yes versus no. Very interesting. I'm going to have to get out and vote. Everyone out there, go vote. Participate um, in the anime democracy. Yes. So, I think that we have said all that we're going to say about episode 8 of The Promised Neverland. We're going to wrap up, have everybody sign off. Firstly, I want to thank our returning guest, Emily Rand. Uh, thank you so much, Emily, for once again. It's been great to have you back. It's always an thank absolute you. delight. Always a pleasure to have you on. Um, why don't you tell the folks listening where they can find your writing and your your esports work, all of the above? Uh, so, yeah, I write on an anime blog called For Me in Full Bloom, uh, or Atelier Emily, depending on how you want to call it. I didn't do a good job of branding myself, let's be real. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at AJ the Fourth if you're at all interested in esports, which is my uh, actual careers writing about and doing videos on esports. Uh, that Twitter account is at League of Emily. That's it. Awesome. Uh, Valerie, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your delightful thoughts online? Uh, my delightful thoughts. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me at Shadon1010. Somehow this happened. We chose each other's crew. I don't know why. Uh, that explains yeah. so much about my Twitter feed. <laughs> it really does. Oh, it wasn't you, it was me. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, I'm dear. the silent hacker. Uh, I'm using mm -hmm. your Twitter. We're uh, yelling on anything. Just bye. Don't, don't add me. Children? Or, or do. <laughs> or do. Uh, Shadon? Uh, well, I think that's been spoiled, actually. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I didn't want spoilers ahead of time in this stream, and we were doing all right, and now you've ruined it for God damn it. No, yes, you can find me at Shade on 1010 on practically anything. You, you know what I am. And I, of course, am at The Subtle Doctor on Twitter. If you are interested in thoughts I have about uh, the thing Valerie hates, professional wrestling, uh, I have a wrestling podcast with Fred of the and Pod. And also Die Buster. Yep, mm -hmm. that's we don't talk about Die Buster, but those are also <laughs> things that you hate um, that I love. Uh, I am, yeah, doing a pod with David Majors, friend of Wari Desho. Um, he doesn't an animate. Is that his full name? <laughs> yeah, at David first, first First name David, middle name Major, Majors, yeah, uh, last old... name friend of Wari Desho. Yes, exactly. That's on the birth oh, certificate. But... Yeah, all the brothers to, who David Miners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mom and dad had a you know tough time. Uh, Mister and Mrs. Friend of Waroi Desho always have to spell it out like, you know, <laughs> and and the hospital was no exception. Uh, Grappalicious is the name of the wrestling podcast. God damn it, I had to get that out there. So also follow us on Twitter if you want to keep up with our shenanigans. It's at Waroi Desho. 
we have a SoundCloud. This week we're on Twitch. We're all using my Twitch channel. Uh, we I have no idea if we're going to switch to Twitch as a podcast, but YouTube was you know fucking up this week. Uh, typically we're there. Different. Yeah. Just a different <laughs> If you just search for What Are We Death Show on YouTube, uh, you can find the channel and find us there. Please follow us, like, subscribe, share, all the good stuff. It helps us out. Uh, and thanks to everyone who found us in mm. chat this week. It was fewer than usual because of the different platform, but um, sorry to everybody who missed it because of the change. Hopefully we'll be back at YouTube next week. Um, but we love you all, all our listeners. All our watchers, what's the word? Viewers, that's the word I'm looking for. Viewers, uh, thanks so much. Humans, thank you. All the humans who experience us, thank you all. (laughs) And with that, as we like to say, uh, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night. Good night. Oh my god, did anyone hear that? Oh oh my god, I think it's Phil. He's here to break my leg. Oh my god. (laughs) Phil! Phil, no! Phil! (laughs) Not again!